Well, good evening, everyone. So glad you're here this evening. We did have a wonderful, wonderful week for Vacation Bible School, and it's great to rest up a little bit and look forward to the next week and the days to come. Uh, I'm going to share with you tonight about staying the course, stay the course. Ron Carson is the founder and CEO of the $8.56 billion wealth management conglomerate called the Carson Group. And he wrote in Forbes magazine recently these words. He said this, Earlier this year, I had the incredible opportunity to climb Mount Everest. I went to the base camp, which requires considerable planning, training, and conditioning. Yet nothing can fully prepare you for this unparalleled physical, mental, and emotional journey or the insights that you gain along the way. That was the case during one of the toughest ascents when it was all I could do to keep moving forward. While each ensuing step felt slower and harder than the last, it occurred to me that through the simple act of placing one foot in front of the other and not looking up, you can make more progress than you think. I'm a firm believer that even when things seem most formidable, there are ways to continue moving forward. We may be slower, it may take us longer, or it may take more out of us, but as long as we're on the right path, we continue to move closer to our goals. You and I may not be climbing Mount Everest, but it may seem like that. What do you do when you're facing challenges in life? As Ron Carson says, we keep moving one step in front of the other. As long as we're on the right path, we can continue to move closer to our goals. In other words, stay the course. In seasons of upheaval, change, and even adversity, stay the course. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, if you have your Bible and like to look along there with me, I'd appreciate that as we continue our study verse by verse through the book of Timothy. It says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful, peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness, which is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This is now being witnessed at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald, an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. And a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, as we open your word tonight, we invite the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, to guide us into all the truth. I pray that you would open our ears to hear, that you'd grant us understanding, and most of all, Lord, we'd hear with our spiritual ears, our heart. Lord, as you speak to us through your word, thank you, Father, for every person here tonight, every family represented. I pray for your grace and blessing upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Apostle Paul had many adversities. We know this from Scripture. 
He was challenged as a result of answering the call of God in his life and following in the footsteps God had planned for him. But he had great adversities and resistance to that. Paul had encountered those many adversities in his life as well as in his ministry. In the book of 1 Timothy, he's giving instructions to the young pastor Timothy concerning personal conduct as well as in his ministerial work. Paul knew Timothy, like himself, would encounter difficulties in his life and ministry. Paul said when dealing with the church at Corinth about false teachers, and this is in 2 Corinthians 11.21. 2 Corinthians 11.21. Let me read that for us. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, Paul is speaking, I'm speaking in foolishness. I too am bold. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm speaking as if insane. I'm far more so in far more labors, far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent adrift at sea. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers in the sea, dangers from false brothers. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and in thirst, often without food, and cold, and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure of me of concern for the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. We see from that portion of Scripture that Paul knew what it was like to stay the course in order to accomplish his goal of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles through many more labors, more imprisonments, 39 lashes, three times beaten with rods, stoned, three times shipwrecked, and many dangers, sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, cold, exposure, as well as daily pressures. And he gave instructions to Timothy on how to stay the course. What does it mean to stay the course? Well, to stay, to stay the course is a phrase used in the context of war or battle, meaning to pursue a goal regardless of any op obstacles or criticisms. There's several synonyms for the term stay the course, like endure, hold on, keep going, persist, press on, proceed, pursue, Stand firm. There are times in our lives that we need to stay the course, to endure, to hold on, to keep going, to persist, to press on, to proceed, pursue, to stand firm. Currently, at Lone Oak First Baptist Church, we're in a time that we need to stay the course. We're praying and we're searching for a new pastor. We're in phase zero of our building project. 
We need to remember the foundations, the principles of faith that our church was founded upon, and the course that those who have gone before us have set. Missions, evangelism, prayer, faithfulness, worship, giving, benevolence, fellowship, Bible study, care for the needy, love for one another. In these, we need to stay the course. I don't think it's by any accident that we found our time capsule. And if you happen to go down, and I encourage you to do so, to go down to the fellowship hall and see what was in that capsule. It is the things that that church, at that, our church at that point in time, in the past, what they did to stay the course, and they gave illustrations and principles that we were to continue on to stay the course, the foundation that this church is built upon. So it's a very timely thing and not by accident. God causes all things to work together for those who love the Lord, doesn't He? Carla Pope in Good Housekeeping a magazine said, there are many ups and downs down the road, but stay the course because love always prevails. Well, Jesus stayed the course. Jesus stayed the course, of course, going to the cross. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw out everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus is a finisher. If you stay the course, you finish something that you have started, even though it might become difficult. John 19, verse 30, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus stayed the course. He finished what he started. His purpose of coming to the earth, of course, was to go to the cross, to give his life for our sins and the sins of the world, and accomplish the will of God the Father. Jesus is a finisher. So how do we, you and I, stay the course? Well, Paul told Timothy, first and foremost, pray. Paul instructed Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness, which is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So Paul told Timothy, First and foremost, number one thing, pray. Pray. Before you do anything else, pray. I'm thankful that that's what our search committee is doing. That's what our church is about. We're a praying church, and thank the God for, God for that. First and foremost, as Paul told Timothy, if you're going to stay the course, number one, 
pray. Pray with petitions. A petition is simply asking. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Matthew 7, 7. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. So ask with petitions when you pray. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Ask God for what you need to be strengthened to stay the course in your life and in your family and in our church and in our world. Pray prayers, intercession. Intercession is simply standing in the gap. We need people of prayer to stand in the gap between heaven and earth to intercede for people who don't know their way, to intercede for situations in your family, in your life, in situations in our church, in situations in our community, in situations in our world. We need to stand in the gap. I personally believe that our nation needs more people standing in the gap today. Wouldn't you say amen? We absolutely do. So intercession and thanksgiving is a type of prayer, giving thanks to the Lord, thanksgiving for all people, not just those you know or those you like. Pray for all people, Paul told Timothy. Pray prayers of, prayers of intercession, thanksgiving for all people, for kings, those in authority. Pray for leadership, in other words, of our nation, in our state, in our community, in our church. We need your prayers. They need your prayers. There's a purpose for our prayers, and Paul told Timothy this, so that we may live peaceful quiet lives and all godliness and holiness, because God wants all people for this purpose to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's important to have peace in a nation so that we can proclaim the gospel. As we see nations around the world in conflict and in war, it's not a safe environment to be able to share the gospel. There are missionaries there today that we need to pray for that are sharing the gospel at the threat of their own lives. We're thankful for God using them in a mighty way. But Paul told Timothy, pray for peace so that we can proclaim the gospel because God wants everybody to be saved. Paul was telling Timothy, don't leave sight of the course God has set before you. Stay the course. Pray so there will be no distractions. And the same goes for you as well as for me. Secondly, Paul told Timothy the priority of the gospel. Paul told Timothy, for there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for people, for all people. This has now been witnessed at the proper time. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, stay the course. There is one God. There are not many, only one. The gospel is there, is that there is but one God. And in Him, we live and move and have our being, Acts 17, 28. There are many false gods in our world today, as well as in Paul and Timothy's day, but there's only one true God. Timothy, Paul said, stay the course. Timothy, stay the course. There's one mediator between God and mankind. 
There's only one way for salvation from our sins. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way for us to be reconciled to God, our Father, through the one mediator who went to the cross, died, was buried, and rose from the dead. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Timothy, stay the course. You and me, stay the course. Lone Oak First Baptist Church, stay the course. There's one God, one mediator. His name is Jesus. Thirdly, purpose. Paul told Timothy purpose. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. We as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ at Lone Oak First Baptist Church, you and I have a purpose. God brought you here to be a part of this fellowship, be a part of this church for a purpose. It wasn't by accident. I remember in my own testimony in my own life uh, when my wife Pat and I moved back from California and we were living out there and ministering in college ministry. We moved back to Paducah and uh, we only live less than a mile from the church right here. So I used to drive back and forth in front of this church nearly every day. And at that time, we were going to a different church, and, and it was fine, and it was wonderful, and I kept driving back and forth and back and forth, and the Holy Spirit kept talking to me. And Walt Wexler, a friend of mine, that his son and my son were both in uh, uh, Boy Scouts together, and he said, why don't you come to our life group? At that time, of course, we called it not a life group, but why don't you come to our life group? So he invited me, and because I knew Walt, I said, okay. And we had come to this life group, and lo and behold, the person that was, <laughs> that was leading the life group needed a break. So he, you know, they all knew who I was and that I'd been in ministry for many, many years and preached and whatnot. And so he said, uh, I need to take a break. Why don't you teach this life group class? And so I started teaching that life group class. That life group class at that point in time, which is over 23 years ago almost now, became the largest life group at Lono First Baptist Church. And God blessed. And I thought, God, why in the world didn't I come here earlier? I kept driving back and forth, but God called and planted me here. And not long after that, Mike Williams said, we need you on staff. And 23 years later, here I am. So God's got a purpose for you and for me. I would have never imagined that that was God's plan or God's purpose. And Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, I had a purpose to preach to the Gentiles. Timothy, you've got a purpose. And he's saying to you and to me that you've got an important purpose in the church of Lone Oak First Baptist Church to be able to minister the gospel even as Paul and Timothy were. We as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ at Lone Oak First Baptist Church have a purpose. You're appointed as a herald a herald is someone who proclaims. A herald is someone who tells, who speaks about the person that they need to speak about. And that person is Jesus Christ. You and I are called to be heralds. A herald in the Bible was representative of the king. Someone who proclaims or preaches. Paul, Timothy, you and I are heralds. We represent King Jesus. 
and have the responsibility to proclaim Him. Paul and Timothy were apostles. That is, they were ones who were sent out. Apostles were one who were sent. We're ascending church. We've sent a team to Cuba. They're there right now. Thank the Lord. Pray for them if you would. We have been and we'll continue. They're safe. We got a call from them today, and so we're praying for them. It's hot down there. It's hot here. But pray for them, please, as they proclaim the gospel and minister there in Cuba. Paul and Timothy were apostles. One sent out. Our message, the gospel, we are to send out to the world. Stay the course. So what is my responsibility? What is your responsibility? What does God expect of you and from me? Stay the course allegedly originated as a nautical metaphor on maintaining a constant, unaltering course while navigating. It appears to be rooted in, as a nautical metaphor In this context, stay refers to the ropes or the guys and the sheets that hold the course, the mainstay of the sailing ship in a fixed position appropriate to the heading. So in order for the ship to maintain its course, someone has to hold the course. Hold the ropes so that the sail doesn't flutter, lose power, or lose direction. There are ropes that have to be held in place so that the mainsail may be held on course. You and I have a rope to hold. You've got a rope to hold here at Lone Oak First Baptist Church. To stay the course or stay on course, each of us has a rope. We have a guy that holds the sails that our ship is sailing. You've got to hold your rope or the wind will cause the sail to flutter, to lose its power, to turn, to lose direction, to lose momentum. Your rope may be worship and you sing in the choir. Hold the rope. Your rope may be life groups. Hold the rope. Your rope may be prayer. Hold that rope. Your rope may be volunteering in children's ministry. Hold that rope. Your rope may be a deacon serving in our church. Hold that rope. Your rope may be faithfulness in church attendance. Hold that rope. Your rope may be being faithful to tithe and to give generously, even sacrificially. Hold that rope. Your rope may be going on short-term mission trips. Hold that rope. Your rope may be caring for the sick. Hold that rope. Everyone, everyone, Everyone has a rope to hold. Hold it securely. Hold it faithfully. Hold it and don't let go. Stay the course. Would you pray with me? You may be here tonight.
and you're not in the boat. God wants you to get in His boat. Jesus invites us to turn to Him through the storms of life, through the difficulties of life, to be free from sin as we confess Him as Lord and Savior. To get into God's boat, it's simply admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died for you, for your sin, that He was buried and rose from the dead, and confess Him as Lord. Tonight I invite you, whether online or here tonight, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, the Scripture says that He stands at the door and knocks. If any person will open that door, He'll come into them. He will be your Lord and Savior as you confess that. Would you pray with me these words tonight, silently in your heart, if you've never done that before and asked Jesus? Say this, Lord Jesus, that's right, in your heart, Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sin, was buried, and rose from the dead. I open the door to my heart, and I ask you to come in. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here tonight and you need to respond in some way, I'll be right down here. If you need prayer, if you've got issues in your life, if you've prayed that prayer with me, we invite you to come forward. Online, if you prayed that prayer, we invite you to get in touch with us online. God bless you.